Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Fantastic. Some of you guys sound asleep. Let's try that again. How y'all doing today? Much better. Hey, everybody. My name is Jared Lonza. I am the lead pastor here at Encounter. It is good to see all of your smiling faces today. The weather this weekend has been wonderful. I don't know about you, but yesterday, uh, my family and I went out and spent uh, the day at Frick Park. Yes, that's right. For those of you listening on the podcast, not from Pittsburgh, Frick is the name of one of the parks here in our city. But we went there and uh, had a great time out and then went down to the south side and had some food. It was a good day. Did anybody else get to have some fun yesterday outside and at least put your windows down or something? I'm grateful for that in the middle of February in Pittsburgh to get a little nice weather. Uh, Well, we are uh, continuing our series called The Dream Uh, today. We have been spending through the month of February learning about that God has a dream for each one of us to become who God has created each of us to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ and then to help others reach that potential and help them understand that and experience that as well. And we've been talking about these different elements of the dream that God has that comes from Scripture. The first is family. We know that, that God has created each of us to be connected to relationships with Him and with each other. We were not meant to live life alone. And in the second week we talked about, last week we talked about the concept of growing, that part of God's dream is not just to come into a connection or a relationship with Jesus or with other people, but it is then to grow into that relationship. And our big idea last week was that to be a Christian means to become like Christ, right? So the idea of, of that's, our, that's our measurement, right? If we're Christians, and the question now becomes, how do I know if I'm growing? The answer to that is, are you becoming more like Jesus Christ? If you are, then you are growing in your faith. So that's kind of what we talked about last week, about having a heart for Jesus, having a lifestyle like Jesus, and ultimately giving our priority in life to Jesus so that he can become uh, more inside of us. Well, this week we're going to continue with the next element of the dream, and that's the concept of serving, the idea of serving, that one of the things that we are called to do once we've been brought into a family, once we are growing in our relationship, the next natural progression is to give of ourselves as we become who God made us to be and to serve. And so I want to recap the concept of the dream. I think we have it on the screen here. If you guys uh, also have your program notes or your uh, sermon notes inside of your programs, go ahead and pull those out and take notes. I encourage you. Uh, It's uh, important for you so that you can go back and maybe look at these another time. Uh, God might use this uh, maybe down the road. I know people, it sounds funny, maybe you've never done this, but there are churches where people have notebooks and they take their notes every week and they put them in those notebooks. And some people have said that they go back a year later and they look through and God reminds them of things. Whatever it is for you, that's why we give you those notes for you. But here's the dream. The dream that God has for all people is that every person should become who they were created to be through a relationship with Jesus and to help others to do the same. Now, where does that come from? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus, or Paul, I'm sorry, speaks the word of God through Ephesians chapter 2, and it's right here on the screen. This is really where this comes from. It says, for we are God's masterpiece, right? We're like a Mona Lisa, okay? If you've ever been to a museum and you see incredible artworks and beautiful pictures, right? The Bible is saying right here that you and I are God's masterpiece. We are a beautiful artwork. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do the things the good things he planned for us long ago. So we can see that God's word clearly mentions, clearly talks about that he has plans for us, that his dream includes for us to do good things. So then the question really becomes, how do we become 
who we were created to be. If God's dream is for us to become who he created us to be, how do we find out what that is? How do we become how, who we were created to be? Well, I had a couple ideas. One is the right way and one is the wrong way. Here's the right way to become who God has created us to be. And this is it if you're taking notes. We become who we're created to be when we serve God and serve others. We become who we were created to be when we serve God and serve others. You see, part of this dream, this idea, is that God created each one of us for a purpose. He created us on purpose and for a purpose. You are not a mistake. You are not, uh, even if your parents weren't planning to have you, you are not a mistake in God's eyes. He created you. The Bible says that he knew you when you were still in your mother's womb. He knit you together, okay? So the Bible is making it very clear that each one of us, myself, you guys, every one of us are unique and individuals created by God with unique capabilities and passions and interests and all sorts of things. Every one of us is unique and was created on purpose by God, but for a purpose. And so as we decide to say, God, I want to know you more, as I want to become like Jesus, he begins to show us why we were created, what we were created for. And we begin to put those things to use. It gives us a purpose. It gives us a function in our life. But here's the wrong idea, the wrong way to become who we were created to be. We distort who we're created to be, and we actually block other people from Jesus when we serve ourselves and our own interests, right? So we see these, these two dichotomies here, right? Or one dichotomy, I should say. We have when we become who we're supposed to be when we serve God, when we serve others. There's some, some process that takes place that when we give our lives to Jesus and we become like him and we say, God, whatever I have, every faculty you've given me, every talent, every gift, every ability, every interest, and I'm going to use them for you, to help you to, to bring your dream into reality, and I'm going to use them to serve other people. When you do that, we become who we were created to be because we become unlocked in the things that God has, has created us for. But the opposite is also true, is that when I serve myself, when I serve my own interests, the things that I want, when I say no to other people, when I say no to God, when I serve myself and my interests, I actually block the dream that God has for other people. These are missed opportunities. These are times where when I, when I could be used by God to bring his dream to life in someone else, when I, when I see someone who's hurting, when I see someone who's broken and I do nothing about it, what I'm doing is actually blocking the road for them to Jesus. You understand? When we serve God and we serve other people, we make the way clear for God's dream to become a reality in their life. But the opposite is true as well. And, and what happens actually when we, when we decide to serve ourselves instead of serving other people, we decide to serve ourselves and our own interests instead of God, is that we really become like a machine that was created for a purpose but then has no use. And I had this image in my mind of a lawnmower. I think we have it on the screen here. This is what it's like for us when we, are, when we decide to be on the sidelines, when we decide that, you know what, I don't want to be used by God. I don't want to serve God. I want to serve myself. I wanna, and maybe most of us in the room are saying, well, I don't think like that. I'm not, I don't think I'm a selfish person, but, but here's, here's the deal, right? We have these two pictures, the right idea of when we serve God and serve others, we, we become who we were created to be, 
But when we choose the other way, when we say, you know what, I want to do my own thing. I'm kind of too busy. I don't really feel like it. It requires a lot of effort, you know, and a lot of money, or perhaps I'd rather sleep in, or, or whatever it might be of why we don't get involved, why we're stuck on the sidelines. This is what we become like, is like this, this lawnmower, and we end up having this space in our backyard of all these weeds and, and of all of this, this uh, grass that gets overgrown. And that represents the opportunities that we are missing because we're sitting on the sidelines. When we decide not to be who God created us to be, when we choose not to see the gifts that he has put inside of us, the interests that we have, and say, God, did you create me for a reason? Was there something specific that you had in mind for me when you gave me this ability to play piano or, or when I'm good at writing or I enjoy uh, you know, these video games or I like to read books or I'm a good cook or, or whatever it might be, right? The things that each one of us have inside of us. When we, when we neglect what God has, has given us those things for, we miss out on the opportunities of a backyard that could be mowed nicely, which gives us opportunity for relationships. My backyard's the same way. I love to create a space in my backyard for, for cookouts and for, for fires in the fall. In fact, our neighbors last night had a, had a bonfire in the backyard. I love doing that. But it cannot happen if I don't mow my lawn, if it gets overgrown with weeds and, 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 and completely full. Of, and then my lawnmower is just sitting there, and I imagine my lawnmower could speak. It would be like, you know what, that's my job, right? Like, if you would just use me, if I could just do that. And that's what it represents when we choose not to serve, when we choose not to, to honor God with the tools and the gifts that he's given us, that we become like a machine that was created for a purpose, but then it's, it's not being used in that sense. It's missed opportunities. So what does serving, though, have to do with God's dream for people? Why are we talking about this? Well, let's take a look in Mark chapter 12. Verses 28 to 31, this is Jesus talking. And one of these teachers of the religious law were trying to trap Jesus. And it says in verse 28, it says, One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. And he realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked him, Master, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, he's, he's referencing the, the famous Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses and the, the Jewish people. Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's number one. But then before he stops, before the guy could jump in, he says, And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So it's about loving God and loving others. Jesus makes it very clear that that's what our life is supposed to be about. It's about giving God everything that we have and loving people with it. This is the dream that we're talking about, becoming who we were created to be through a relationship with Jesus, being connected back to our creator, but helping other people understand that. So this commandment, this dream is lived out through our actions. In fact, uh, most of you probably don't know who this is, but uh, there was a Christian uh, rap group called DC Talk. That, uh, that, yes, look at those guys and how they dress, right? Now, these guys wrote a song called Love is a Verb. And it's true because that's what Jesus was saying. He says that real love, in fact, we see it all throughout Scripture. We see it in the book of James where it says that faith without works or without deeds is dead, right? The idea is, is that it's not enough to simply say something, but instead to do something. So when Jesus says that the greatest commandments of all, through all of Scripture, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your mind, 
right? All of it. Just give God everything and also to love your neighbor as yourself. What we see here is that, that really, as we grow in our relationships with Jesus and we become like him, that Jesus loved the world through his actions. Matthew 20, 28 says this. This is Jesus literally speaking. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? Serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So really what we see then is in order for us to love God and love others, really what that equals is serving God and serving others. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus, when he was saying that our job on earth is to, is to help ourselves know who God is and help other people know who God is, to, serve, to, to love him and to love others, is really meaning doing it with our actions and giving him the tools that are, that are inside of us. And we see that this concept is actually a natural progression in our relationship with God, right? So we see this dream. It starts with family. We talked about that in week one of this series. Week one, it was about family. It's you can belong before you believe. Even if you don't know what you think about God and about Jesus, you're welcome in this place, that every church should be a welcoming environment for you to, to, to find belonging with friends and people who love you. And then when you become a part of the family, you say, you know what, Jesus, I do believe that you are who you said you are. You become part of the family of God. You become a, a child of God. And as we do that, we begin then to grow. And we talked about that last week, growing in our relationship, creating a place for, for the fertile soil in our hearts so that his word can grow like a plant that grows strong and bears fruit, right? And as we grow, we become more like Jesus. Well, as we become more like Jesus, we want to do what he did, which is to serve other people, to love God with everything we have and to serve other people in that same capacity. It is a natural progression from a growing relationship with Jesus. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians was a letter that was written to the people in Ephesus. So that's why it's called Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, we see this is what Paul says about Jesus and about us. Verses 15 and 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So that's last week, right? We should be growing. Who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And here's this week. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And actually, just before that passage, this is what it says in verse 11. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says their responsibility is pause. Their responsibility is not to preach every Sunday. Their responsibility is not to visit people in the hospital. Their responsibility is not to make cool videos or slides, right? Those are all good things. But what is it that the Bible says? What is it that Jesus is telling us that the purpose of the church is? He says, verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. The Bible says that Jesus is the head of his body, the church. And then what this passage of Scripture is saying is that every single person who is in the body of Christ, every person who goes to church who's a part of God's family is a part of that body and that that God has provided the leadership to equip the body to do the work of the church. That means that you, that means that me, every one of us all around the world have skills and talents and gifts and interests and passions that God wants to put to use so that his church can be built up so that people can hear about the dream that God has for them and so that your neighbors and your coworkers and the people that you see on the bus and the people that are in traffic next to you while you're going to work and your kids and, and their friends 
and our politicians and people around the world so that all of them can hear the good news of Jesus and know that he died for them and came back to life in power so that they could have a new life. He did that for every one of us. And we have a part to play in it. We are the body of Christ. Each one of us has a responsibility as members in the family of God to bring God's dream to life. And in Encounter Church, we call that specific commitment to that plan, to that, we call that the dream team. We talked about it a little bit today in our, in our announcements, the dream team. What the heck is this dream team that I hear about all the time? It's nothing like, it's something special or crazy. It's not like a, a membership card, but, but there is something powerful about saying, you know what? I believe in what God is calling me to do. I believe in this thing, this dream. I didn't make this up. This is literally from God's word, right? We were created in advance to do these good works, right? That's what it said. So every one of us is here, a part of this dream, and being a part of the dream team is saying, you know what? At Encounter Church, I commit to this family. I'm committed to being part of this, this dream and making this dream a reality. So I wrote this down. I said, the dream team is simply the followers of Jesus who are committed to each other, We're committed to growing to be like Jesus. We're committed to serving him and others with our gifts. And we're committed to giving of ourselves and our resources to bring God's dream to life. That's the dream team, right? The dream team, I would love my hope. And I think God's dream is for every single one of you to be a part of our dream team. Like, I think some churches have membership, right? They've got these members, and these are people who, for whatever reason, they sign their name on the dotted line, and they get to vote for things and all that kind of stuff. Here's the deal. Most times in churches, you have your membership, and you have people who just attend. And that's probably the same at our church as well. But what I'm saying to you is this is not about membership. This is not about a club. This is not about having voting rights or anything. What we're saying to you is, is that God has called every single person on this planet to his dream to know who they were created to be, to find wholeness and belonging in it. And when they do, and they become committed to that dream for themselves, but also committed to to bringing that dream to life for other people, that means you're eligible to be on the dream team. That's it. And we're saying, would you join us? I mean, this church, right? God called Encounter Church into existence so that the dream that God has for people could be found and come to life in this community and beyond. God has brought you into this place because he's calling you to become a part of bringing that dream into reality in the pocket of the world that you live in. And we do that through the church, but we also do it in our normal lives. And his dream happens as each one of us joins and becomes a part of it and becomes committed to that. And we do that by being a part of the dream team. So at this church, we don't have members. We have partners, and we call them the dream team. So I guess I thought I'd spend the rest of our time talking about what is the dream team and how does it function. And there's two pieces to it, okay? And this is really simple because this is what I'm calling each one of us to. We've been building throughout this entire series about the dream, about family, about growing. And now we're talking about serving or becoming an active role, right? The concept of serving is that I'm not on the sidelines anymore. I am now committed to this thing and becoming a part of what God has called me to do in this community and through this church. So the first thing that the dream team does is each person has a part to play. Each person has a part to play. Now, some of you, as soon as I said that right now, you're just like, "Mm, I don't know about that. 
Like, I don't know when I think about that. I don't, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe you go, I might believe you, but like, there's just something that kind of rebels against that because you've never been involved or, or you've never, you, maybe you, you don't feel like you've got anything to offer. Well, here's what, Bi- what, what God's word, the Bible says about you. Romans chapter 12, verses four through eight. And I love this. Continuing with the body theme. It says, just as our bodies, physical bodies, have many parts, and each part has a special function. So your hand or your ankle or your hair or your eyeballs or your nose or your teeth, they're all different and special and hence serve a function, right? So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. We, as in the church, are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So what we see here is that God is basically saying, none of you have a pass. Every one of us, every single person on this earth, whether a part of God's family or not, was created on purpose and for a purpose. Every one of us in this room has something to offer that can be used valuably in God's kingdom and in this church. Every one of us has been called to serve God in this church by using your gifts. And I will say this, is that each area, each thing that is presented is equally needed. Because here's what happens. There's another part of Scripture, and I think in Corinthians, where it says, what would happen if every part of the body were to, were to complain and then said, I wish I could be this one instead? It was like, if the eyeball said to the ear, I wish I could be an ear, because, man, it's so cool to hear, then you wouldn't be able to see anymore, right? So if everybody was able to play guitar and be as cool as Aaron is sitting on the, on the stool right up here every Sunday pre- leading worship, if everybody was that, we'd have a whole lot of worship music, but we didn't have anybody handing out programs. We wouldn't have anybody who has a gift of hospitality who could welcome new visitors. We wouldn't have anybody who has an eye to see the way things are supposed to look and make it look welcoming and appealing for people. We wouldn't have anybody who would be able to help us, you know, put the signs up to make people so that they are aware. We wouldn't have anybody to help our Easter egg hunt and be able to serve that day and do face painting. We wouldn't have anybody who, whose job is to, to help put out the eggs and to corral kids. We wouldn't have anybody who could register at the event. You see what I'm painting here? If every Every single one of us had the same gifts, the same skills, the same interests and passions. We would not be able to accomplish the goal that God has, the dream that God has for us. There are people in this community who need you to do what you are called to do in this church so that when they come, they see something that connects with them. But here's what happens. Remember back to the beginning with that wrong idea with the, if I serve myself and others, my own, my own interests. What happens is, is if I choose to not use the ability that God has given me, or if you do the same thing, if that person shows up to Sunday uh, to church on a Sunday or comes to maybe one of our events or to a life group, and I have not contributed with my part, there is a possibility that the thing that I'm uniquely skilled at, the thing that I'm uniquely gifted at, that I could contribute to God's kingdom, is missing, and perhaps that thing is the key element that God created you for so that you could connect with that person. And if it's missing, perhaps they don't come back. Now, I'm not trying to say that it is my job or it is your job to get people to heaven because that's just not the reality of it. It is not on my shoulders nor yours to save people. But it is our calling 
to partner with God. And yes, the Holy Spirit can convict people even if I stink at preaching. Like if I get up one day and I say, you know what, I didn't really prepare my messages this Sunday, this week, so when I get up here, I'm just winging it. If I did that, yes, God could still use me. He could still use the words in my failure, in my laziness, in my decision to not be, a, be the leader that I'm supposed to be, and I could get up here and stink it up, and God could still speak. But how much better, how much more effective would it be if I gave everything I had and said, God, use me. Take what I have, what you created me for, and use it. Is that not much a better way of accomplishing things? So whatever it is that you have, Whatever, whatever it is that you are good at, we need you. If you cook, we need you to help make meals. If you, if you are blessed financially, we need you to help, help us create ministries and be able to financially support the things that we need. If you are friendly, we need you to welcome people. If you are uh, an individual who, who, who has a desire to host things, we need, we need your eye and your ability to care for people when they come to things. There's all sorts of, of things. If you're administratively gifted, we need your help organizationally. There's so many different things is what I'm trying to say. And you honor God and you serve, honor Him when you serve Him and His church. And serving His church creates an environment for people to experience God's dream for them. And that's really what this is about. We have our three E's on, the, on the, the, the board back there by the exit. Experience God, right? That's our plan. When people walk in the door, we want them to walk out of here saying, you know what, I met with a God that I wasn't even sure existed. But we can't do that if each one of us is more concerned about ourselves rather than having that outward mentality. But what happens when we do? And we say, I'm going to do my part even though it's small, my teeny tiny little part that feels inconsequential, that little part is what connects everything else, and it creates a roadway for people to meet Jesus. It creates an opportunity where people walk in here, and I love it. I love that our church does this. We have this little survey that uh, when new guests fill out a connection card, they get an email that says, thank you so much for coming. And at the bottom, it says, if you have a minute, please take it and fill out the survey. And it just asks some questions. And every time we've gotten an answer, we've gotten a few of them, the answer is, oh, it's always, what did you notice first? What did you like best? And the answers are always, how welcoming this place was, you know? I mean, I hear it over and over and over again. That's not possible if we wouldn't all stand up and do our part. So every person has a part to play on the dream team. Secondly, the dream team functions like this. We are all committed to serving those outside of our walls. And this is really the last point. Matthew 25, verses 34 and 40. This is Jesus talking. He's telling a story. He says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Verse 37, it says, Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did, well, I, don't, I don't understand. When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or when did we ever see you thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And what we're seeing here is Jesus is painting a picture for each one of us that when we are willing to lay ourselves aside, when we're willing to say, you know what, I, I'm going to take my Starbucks coffee 
uh, today, and instead of buying that at Crazy Mocha or at Starbucks or whatever, and I'm going to give that to this person, buy this guy lunch, or whether we say, you know what, I'd rather sleep in on a Saturday, but instead I'm going to serve at the Big Hunt, or when it's Thanksgiving and we have our friends giving, we made food, we say, you know, I, man, it's getting close to Thanksgiving, and, and I need that money so that I could pay for my own food, but when we take a portion of our grocery money and we give it to an opportunity to serve people who don't have any food, what we're doing is, Jesus is saying, is that when you do this, to the least of these, to people who don't have for themselves, we are serving Jesus as we do it. That's what he's saying. And so being a part of the dream team is not just serving a church. It's not just setting up lights and playing guitar or making a nice space, because that's good, right? The purpose of why we exist on a Sunday morning is that so people can know Jesus. But we also, as our church, are so committed to our community. We have built a name for ourselves in almost two years of existence that we are the church in this community that cares about people and that we serve them and we love them. We have a thousand people that come to our egg hunt, to our back to school bash every year. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens because we have shown them we are committed to showing them the love of Jesus Christ. And the Bible makes it clear that when we serve people for no other reason other than because we are told to love people that Jesus loves with everything, enough that he died on the cross for them willingly, even if they would never serve him. That when we are committed to doing that, that we're bringing his love and his life to them in hopes that one day they would come and understand the dream of the life that he has for them too. And so as a dream team, yes, we are committed to to serving God and serving this church and, and using our gifts and our strengths, but we are also committed to serving in our community. That is why we serve people like Aaron and Susie Hoover and Mike and Jody Annis and their family and Peter and Courtney Good as they're in Greece as well. As we do these things, as we, as we meet other churches and other pastors and we bring people in like Samuel Strandberg who does festivals all over and goes to places all over the world when no one has ever heard the name of Jesus, we support those things. Why? Because we serve Jesus as we do. The dream team is not about serving on a team. That is the physical expression of the dream But being a part of the dream team, really, it starts in the core of our hearts when we say, God, I am committed to your dream for my life. And I am committed to bringing that dream to other people. When you do that, you become a part of the dream team, whether it's official or not at this church. But we invite you to make it official at this church because that's the way that we know that we can count on you. And when we know that we can count on you, we can help you grow in that area. I have no idea what you're good at unless you tell me. You know what I mean? So if we get into relationship with each other, as we work together, as we become part of this family, as we rise up and say, I want to do whatever I can, then we grow as a church. That's what it said is as each one of us do our part, we grow as a body. We become stronger. Our muscles get flexed a little bit and we become more able to do even bigger tasks and the dream becomes alive even further. Remember, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' sole purpose for coming here was to flip the script upside down and say, No, no, no. It's not about me. Look at me, everyone. Do what I say. No, he came and gave everything. And he asked his disciples, his followers, his children to say, I'll do the same. So my challenge to you is this. I encourage you to join the team. Join the team. Commit to loving God with your actions. Give him, give him that space to say, God, I want to love you by turning my love from words into action with my hands and with my feet. 
commit to serving his church. We are here on a weekly basis, and my job is to teach. I know what I'm good at, so I do that. But I don't play guitar because I'm not that good at that. So when you commit to serving his church, we each of us rise up. I encourage you to join the team and encourage you to commit to serving that. We do that by becoming part of the mission, knowing what we stand for. We believe in bringing the, God that ha- the dream that God has for all of this community, for people who are different than us, people who look differently than us, people who smell differently than us, people who live completely different lifestyles than we do. But when we buy into that mission, something powerful happens and we become a powerful entity. I encourage you to start to attend Starting Point. Uh, next Sunday, right after service, at 11.45, uh, at the Stephen Foster Community Center right here in Lawrenceville. It's on Main Street. Just go up the hill. We're just going to give you a lunch. If, if you've been coming to Encounter for a while and you say, you know what, I'm, I, I want to know what it means to become a part of this family. I'm just kind of checking that out. Maybe you haven't been to a starting point before. 1.0 is the place for you. That's literally just just come. You get to have lunch with, with me and some of the leadership team. And, and it's really informal. You hear the story of who we, who we are, where we came from and just kind of tell you why we do what we do. I encourage you to come to that. And then 2.0 is the following week, and that's going to be at my house and uh, at the same time. And we'll have lunch again. But it's really designed to say, you know what, I, I feel like now I've made this my home, but now I want to become a part of that dream. And so we want to give you the opportunity to do it. That's what Starting Point is really all about. It's a chance to say, okay, God, I'm going to get in the game now. And so I encourage you to do that. Sign up for Starting Point out at the Connection Center right after service. You can also go to our website, um, encounterpgh.com and click under the Get Involved tab and click on Starting Point. And there's a, a form you can fill out to register online. So join the team. To be a Christian means to become like Christ. And to be like Christ means to serve others and give our lives for many. Would you pray with me? Jesus, there comes a time in every person's walk with you that you call us to become more than just spectators or, or on the sidelines. For some of us, it's new. It's a different thing to hear about. I've gone to church all my life, and I've never been told I was supposed to do something other than attend church. But we are about disciples here. We're about becoming who you made us to be. God, we want to know more of you. We want to know more about you. We want to live like you. And if you're calling each of us to to be more involved in this family, to be to be connected to the mission, then I, I ask that you would speak to our hearts right now, that each one of us would, would listen right now. I encourage you just to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, maybe tugging on you. Maybe he's enlightening you. Maybe he's not asking you right now to join something, but perhaps he's speaking to you about in your doubt. Right now you're saying, you know what, I, I just don't, I don't see what I could possibly contribute. Perhaps you've been told that all your life. Maybe all your life you've been told you're not worth much, that you don't have anything to offer this world. Maybe someone specifically said that to you, and I want to confront that right now. That that's a lie. That is a lie. Every single one of us have been created on purpose and for a purpose. And those scriptures I read are just a couple that illustrate that. If you believe that about yourself, you're believing a lie from the enemy. Jesus says no I have created you for a purpose and you have gifts that are beautiful and talented and I want you to become a part of the team. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.